Welcome to another episode of the Get Your Edge podcast. I'm your host, Brian Bott from Sports Advantage. Here with my co-host, Coach Dean Manchie. Coach, it's the Super Bowl. Let's go. Hey, the best time of the year right now. We'll find out who the real champ is. And we got two two new quarterbacks, which is kind of interesting. And either one of them has uh, got that Super Bowl ring. And they both have been dealing with a lot of adversity. We talk about Stafford you know, having a situation with his wife and, and the medical concerns. I mean, talk about battling adversity and, and tough times. And we talk about that a lot on our podcast, Brian. And then you look at uh, Burrow, who had an ACL. Right. And, and he bounced back from the ACL. And we know athletes are going to have some kind of injury throughout their career. And, and it just shows you that if you work hard and you stick to the plan and you do what you need to do, you can come back from them setbacks and and look at the position both these guys are going to be in on Sunday. It's awesome. Well, and the other thing, Dean, too, I think it really shows that that leadership can can be done in many different ways because both quarterbacks and, and other players on the team as well have, have shown leadership capabilities. They're different people, but the one unique thing about both the quarterbacks you talked about is they are who they are, right? They're not trying to be different people. And I think even for a guy like Burrow, that's probably, what, 24, 25? I mean, he's very comfortable in his own skin and, and, you know, talking with the media and being who he is in the locker room. And I think genuinely players, coaches, everybody, you respect people that are just going to be who they are. You know, we talk about with kids and with young athletes and even, you know, with coaches, not trying to be someone you're not, you know, coach to your strengths, develop your weaknesses and, and be who you are. And that's the best way to lead it. You know, if, if you're trying to be someone you're not and lead, people are going to see through that at some point because you're not going to be able to do it at the level that you could do it if you're just who you are. And I think leadership, it's really exciting to see two guys like that and even some other players. You know, for, for me, it's really exciting to see Big Rob. You know, I, you know, I, I have a personal you know, connection with, with Rob Havenstein, who was on the podcast, did an incredible job on our podcast, um, who really worked his tail off in the offseason. Um, drove an hour, you know, four times a week to come train, hour there and hour back to come train with me. Uh, so I'm really hoping, you know, he gets that Super Bowl ring. But, you know, another personal connection I have, Dean, is Joey Bose. He's the head strength coach for the Bengals. Joey played at Wisconsin. He was he was cool. one of my, you know, one of the first teams at Wisconsin. I was there. So, you know, really hoping just we have a great game. Um, and I don't know about you, Dean, but I am jacked for about – probably about 7.30 our time, Dr. Dre, Snoop, Eminem, Kendrick Lamar, Mary J. Blige take the stage. Woo-hoo! Boy, I can't wait. get any better than that. Oh, my gosh. You know, I can't wait for that. But we got some things to talk about here, Dean. You know what I mean? We got we had two great guests. We had GM3 who was on. Uh, we had Bernie who was on, had some great messages. Um, and I think, you know, Gerald's – one of his best messages, and, and we've talked about this, we talk about it a lot. You know, you see it at the high school level. I see it, um, you know, with my baseball program and just in, in athletics in general. You know, one of the best messages he gave was letting kids learn. Let them fail. Let them get beat. Let them go through some trials. We talk, just got done talking about adversity, Dean. You know, if, if you don't learn how to overcome adversity, um, you're never going to be able to do it when it really hits when it's really important in life. Yeah, there's no doubt about that, Brian. You know, I thought that was that was huge. I just saw a, uh, just a Twitter thing on Coach K, 
And what he said is, you know, his valuable advice to, to all the parents out there as well is let your kids fail. That's where learning occurs. That's where growth occurs. And I think so many times, both you and myself, you know, with our parenting experiences, I think it's hard sometimes. You know, we always want what's best for our own son or daughter and when we're in those situations. But, you know, when we look back and we reflect on our athletic days, I think we've really grown the most when we fail. I agree. And I think as an athlete, it's something that you can learn from. You know, it's just something that needs to be ingrained in you and then how to overcome that and then how to come back. You know, we've talked about stacking days, you know, but you can also stack days negatively. You know what I mean? If you have a bad day, how can you not have, you know, a second bad day? And, and this message is for parents. Look, coaches coach for a couple of reasons. One, because they're very competitive and two, because they want to help young people. I know from a sports advantage standpoint, what we're trying to do in our growth model is impact as many kids as we can. Sometimes that means we're going to have to be hard on a kid. You know, if a, if, if kid's not holding up to the standard that we hold, okay, we're going to talk to them about that, okay? Um, being held accountable, taking ownership in your actions and your activities and things like that. Parents, you should welcome other people holding your kids accountable. It shouldn't just happen inside the confines of your own house. Okay. And it's not a malicious thing. It's something because we, as coaches, we want uh, me personally, I, I guess I shouldn't speak for everybody. I know you Dean as well. You want every kid to succeed. I want every kid to reach their dreams. If it's, if it's physically possible, we know that it's probably not, but we want to give them the tools to reach their goals. And sometimes that means correcting them if they're not doing something right. Sometimes that means holding them accountable if they're not holding up to the standard. That's part of being an athlete. And if, if you have a problem with that as a parent, then you need to have face-to-face -face conversations with coaches and not hide behind a computer screen, hide behind a text message and things like that. Yeah, I think one thing with social media, Brian, is you know, the kids a lot of times just want to take the easy way out or, or you know, want to do the blame game all the time as a, as a parent. And I think a lot of the biggest learning experiences are when kids can make that decision and go and talk to the coach or, or talk to teammates and, and resolve those on their own without having that parent looking over their shoulder and always trying to get them out of situations or having those um, interactions when I really think it's the athlete or the student's responsibility to take action. No question. And I think it like taking a passive aggressive approach to it is not the way to do it, you know, and you have to, you know, I, I think that I can't remember the South Carolina, you know, co basketball coach has a great, Martin. yeah, great YouTube video on that. Look, if you want to, if you want to make a change in the way practices run, grab a whistle, grab a whistle because in athletics, especially in youth athletics, they're looking for coaches. You know, they're looking for people to help. They're looking for people to help with practice and have more eyes on kids. So instead of sitting back and judging what, what someone else is doing, who gives of their time to help your child, grab a whistle, come help, be a part of it. You know, you're, you're going to have a hard time finding someone that says no to that. And the other thing is, Brian, as a parent, I think parents have to know that's a normal feeling. It's a very normal feeling to be able to come to the rescue right away, 
or, or, or going to your son or daughter's defense right away. And you know, that it's very normal. That's not abnormal, but how you control your emotions during some of these times, some of these situations, really get the facts from your son or daughter first, talk it over, have that conversation, try to come up with some solutions because complaining without a solution is not a good thing at all. And then kind of go from there of what the next steps might be. And if it has to be a situation where you have to get and talk to a, a coach, that's fine. And, and, and that's down the line, but do whatever you can to eliminate that and to learn from that experience first before you jump right away and, and, and do something as a parent that you don't want to put your kid in a bad situation. One of, one of the best messages from that, that YouTube video we talked about is like, he says, hey, did you talk to your coach? You know, do, do you, are you encouraging your son or daughter to, to go talk with their coach, you know, and, and have those conversations? And they are hard. You know, they're hard for coaches. I mean, I think people think that they're just hard for the parents and the athlete. Those are hard conversations for the coaches because every conversation that, that, that we have, with whether it's a kid or, or a parent, that's something for me to take personal inventory on. Hey, maybe I could have handled this better. You know, maybe I could have done this better. Now, there are times when you kind of sit back and, and you're kind of like, no, this is the way it's got to be. But I think, you know, for parents and, and kids alike, you know, trying to handle it in the most positive way possible, because it's all about the athlete. It's not about the parents and it's not about the coach. It's about the kids. You know, I think there's two situations, Brian. One is kind of the situation when I, I had a father that did not do any athletics. So when I grew up and my mom wasn't very big into athletics. So I guess that extreme was they really didn't know anything about it, which, which was kind of a, a maybe a probably a godsend for myself and that they really there was never a situation where they were really complaining about any of my coaches at the time because they never experienced anything. They never had that type of experience. On the other hand, you see a lot of times now as a father with my own kids is I, I am a teacher. I am a coach. That's what I do for a living. So obviously a lot of people that volunteer their time and coach don't do that for a living. So obviously, you know, I'm going to be a little bit more opinionated because I've been around lots of different types of situations and seen lots of different coaches and in lots of different sports. But I, what I really like and is what you constantly hear from our guests is if athletics many times has to do with uh, families that are into athletics. So that would be the other extreme that that I wasn't a part of. And then it's very important, and we talked to our guests, is they never really pressured them. It was just kind of the culture of their family. It's what they did as a family. And they just allowed those individuals to go ahead and, and do that on their own time and make sure it's fun for them and just kind of go like that. And so I think if you're one of those coaches that's one extreme or the other. You got to find some kind of balance. Yeah. And I think Dean, you know, it kind of leads into our next topic, right. Is, you know, the, the coaches that are part of your success from an athlete standpoint. And, you know, as a parent looking at the people that can help your son or daughter, um, you know, and, and Gerald talked about that as well, is that I think sometimes we, we, we don't understand the amount of people that actually influence, you know, kids' lives, uh, and things like that. You have teachers, you know, you, you may have a custodian at the school that, let, that lets a kid in to, to go to the bat, to the gym or what, like whatnot. You may have strength coaches, you have athletic trainers, 
all these people are a part of, you know, each individual athlete's team, you know, and you could also, you know, like you deal with in the high school realm, Dean, you could have the football coach, the, the wrestling coach and the baseball coach. They're all part of that young athletes, you know, team, so to speak. And Gerald talked about the value of, you know, not just having his, his sparring coach, but also a strength and conditioning coach, you know, the value of that, someone he could count on. Um, I know people that, that help with nutrition, you know, things like that. So the value of, of bringing in as many people as you can to help, you know, your quote unquote team out, I think is very important. Yeah, there's a couple of situations, Brian. I kind of look at it from two different types of views. One, I look at it from myself as, as a coach and having that situation where I've always been a huge believer in multi-sport athletes and you, you as well. And everybody that's listened to our podcast knows that that's what we're all about. But I think it's so valuable for athletes to be able to have experience is with lots of different sporting movements and that's multiple sports. And, but more importantly, I think it's very important to have different types of personalities and coaches and people in their corner, because we learn from everybody good or bad. Yep. And that was one of the reasons why I wanted to get into teaching and coaching because I had those mentors. I had those individuals. I, I was just talking at the, at the Wisconsin track coaches association. And I was in a situation where you were, my, my parents got divorced when I was going into my sophomore year. And that was a very difficult time you know, with the, with the mental health nowadays, you know, I, I had some anxiety. I was depressed. You know, every person that has to deal with those situations, it, it's very stressful and athletics is my outlet. So I, I think it's, again, it's very important. If I didn't have those teachers and coaches in my corner after the situation, when I had my parents got divorced and my, and my father left and moved to a different state, you know, that really molded me and shaped me and, and kept me in the straight and arrow around really good people. And I think that's the biggest message we forget. A lot of times when I see high school kids and they quit sports is a lot of times you quit those sports. Now you start to alienate a lot of good kids that were on your team. And now you have to almost join a different friend group and that other friend group, lots of times, not all the time, Brian, but right. it can be more of a negative influence. It's like, who are those five people you surround yourself with? And then all of a sudden, grades start to decline, maybe some different types of situations where they maybe don't make great decisions because of some of those people that they hang around with. So that, that is very important from a coaching standpoint. From an athlete standpoint, when I try to put myself in my athlete's shoes, I see situations where, you know, athletes, your development is very important and you have to make sure that you think you thank all the people that are helping, your strength and conditioning coaches, your teachers, your parents. Maybe it's an uncle, maybe it's a grandpa, but there's so many people that are in your corner to help you become the best version of yourself. And I think that athletes, you know, it's very important that you understand how important those people are and that you let them know that too. Don't let them know it after you graduate or, or 20 years down the line. Let those people know and appreciate that because one of the things we say, Coach Mangan and myself, at least at uh, our high school, is we, we're here to serve you. This is about you guys becoming the best version of yourself. God, I love that Coach Mangan, too. Let's give a shout out to him. Huh? That guy grinds. He's a big time. He's a grinder, man. I That guy listens to every podcast. Man, I love that guy. Um, go ahead. You're going to. 
Hey, you're going to see Coach Mangan, myself, and Coach Hardy at the NHSSCA Clinic next Saturday, which is February 19th at St. Thomas More. And I, hey, the, the people that are already signed up for it, there's over 60 people signed up for it. It's going to be an unbelievable clinic. And I know, Brian, you'll be speaking at that clinic. And what do you, what is your topic going to be? Talking, we're talking on the conjugate method for athletes. And, and Dean, just so you know, I had a little conversation with Matt Gifford, uh, who also will be speaking. And boy, I tell you what, that, you know, it, it's going to be a great lineup. Uh, I am excited to go learn. You know, I, I you know, I, I hope that, that, that people will take in, you know, what we talk about. Um, but there's five other guests that I'm really looking forward to learn from over there. And Dean, just real quick, talking about, you know, the, you know, your, the people on your team, I think from a coaching standpoint, you know, I look at it from two different perspectives. You look at, you know, the people on your athletes team, right. And you have to be able to work with other sport coaches for the betterment of the athlete. You know, sometimes coaches, we want to be like, well, I'm the football coach. Those are my kids, you know, and I understand he plays baseball, but I, I want them doing this. You have to work with other coaches. And then, you know, as a coach yourself, you know, whether you're a sport coach, performance coach or whatever, who are in your, who's on your team? Who's helping you? I mean, Dean, you're, you know, you're captain of my team. You know what I mean? I, you're, you're the captain on my, you know, on my developmental team that I keep as, as coaches for how to get better. But who are those four or five people that, that you're learning from all the time and that you're also helping learn? I think that's really important coaches. We have to have, you know, people on our team that are, that are motivating us, that are pushing us, that are educating us. Because if we just are always give, 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 you know, you're going to have coaches burn out. Yeah, that's very important, Brian. And, you know, I just had an aha moment at the Wisconsin Track Coach Association Clinic because not only did I speak on how to build a high school throws program, but I had coach Mike Hardy, who was a student of mine, played football and did track and at Kimberly High School, and he spoke on how to build a middle school throws program. And he also coaches with me at the Fox Valley Throws Club. So you talk about that aha moment of having a former athlete, former student um, speak at the same clinic that I did at, at the Wistica clinic was just an incredible experience. And, you know, I had the, the other, the big highlight is I remember when coach Hardy got married, you know, he asked me to be in his wedding. And, you know, those are things that, Brian, I, I know you've been in lots of those situations as well. And for all you coaches out there, just understand that every day you are making a positive impact on these kids. And it, it's so important. And you really must take that into consideration because right now, currently with the state of education and coaching, as a lot of people are getting out of it, yep. you know, they're going into the private sector and we really want to get as many good people into teaching and coaching and making a positive difference in kids' lives. Well, and keep them in there too, right? You know, you have a lot of people that, you know, we, we got to keep the good coaches in there. We got to keep the good people in there. You know, that Coach Hardy, boy, he loves his bluegill, doesn't he? Boy, that guy, we had a nice dinner after after he spoke, and and holy smokes, God. Um, you know, and then we get on to Bernie, Dean, and I think – you know, Bernie has really two powerful messages that we want to talk about. And the one, and I didn't even realize this, you know, as he talked about, you know, in football, you have position meetings and, and, and things like that. 
but you, you know, you have some crossover where you sit in, you know, offensive defensive meetings and things like that. And coaches, this is another great message for you is that be attentive to how you're teaching your concepts, whether you're volleyball coach, baseball coach, anything like that, because Bernie's message was he learned so much by being in the tailback meetings or the O-line meetings that he was able to do his job better. Not the meetings that he was in. He was able because he knew what where everyone else was supposed to be. So same thing like if you're on the volleyball court or basketball court, you need to know where your teammates are going to be. That's going to help you do your job better. So that mindset of just, well, I just need to know what I need to do. Okay. That may be good and you may be a successful player, but if you want to have a successful team, taking ownership in, in what your teammates are supposed to do, uh, holding them accountable, holding yourself accountable is the way that teams usually have success. And again, with Bernie, you know, that's what allowed him to have success on the night that we talked about that Penn state game, because he knew, you know, what the tailbacks were supposed to do. He knew where the fullback was going to go. He knew what the line was going to go um, and allowed him to have success because he took it all in. Yeah. That was a great message by, by Bernie there in that, you know, I think individuals got to know it's, you have to be as prepared as you can be. And, and that's, it's very understandable that, you know, if you're playing in a secondary, you better know what those linebackers are doing in front of you. And then if you're a linebacker, you better know what those defensive linemen are going to be doing. So every, everybody has a role. And I think in a big team sport, such as football, and obviously Bernie had some bias because he loves a game of football, but you know, you have to have 11 guys on the same page. And I think that's very important. I know the, the other thing that struck me with that conversation now as a coach was, you know, you have to, you have to know just more about just that, your expertise in your sport. Yeah. I think some of the best things that I did is even in the strength and conditioning, coaching football, coaching track is, you know, as a young person, you, you learned all the X's and O's and you wanted to know all the technique and for example, and helping guys and gals throw farther. And you wanted to know the proper technique, for example, and I was coaching D line and, you know, the steps and, and all that. But when I started to think out of the box a little bit and kind of get out of my comfort zone and learn more stuff, like how to motivate and, and team culture and just getting out and reading different types of books to really broaden my whole situation as far as being able to help develop young minds that made me a much better coach brian dean too i think it it goes like from a coaching standpoint going kind of cross disciplines right understanding like if you're the football coach understanding what they're doing at track practice understanding what you know what the volume of work is at basketball sitting down with your strength and conditioning coach and not dictating what they do but understanding philosophically you know, what you want to do from a football standpoint, what they're doing in the weight room, how you can meld that. I think another great group that we as coaches need to really bring into the mix, Dean, um, to help, you know, get everybody on the same page as your athletic trainers and your sports medicine group. Um, and so I think learning from each other only allows us to do our job better as coaches, just like as athletes, learning what everybody, your teammates job, I'll use a great example. Like when I, you know, working with a, a volleyball team, going and watching them play. I mean, they have specific people they're trying to actually serve to, you know? And so knowing where the, you know, where the serve is going may dictate, you know, where the pass is going, where they're trying to set someone up. So you get to, you know, prepare ahead of time. 
you know, same thing with baseball. I can use this from a baseball standpoint. Our middle infielders, Tim Jorgensen and I, we used to move right to left based on if a fastball or curveball was coming. So knowing what pitch was coming dictated, you know, where we thought the hitter was going to hit the ball, we'd move outfielders pitch by pitch. And so knowing what everybody else is doing and then also having some autonomy to, you know, speak to your teammates um, really makes your team a lot better. Yes. I mean, those are all incredible points. And it kind of leads us to this last thing, Brian, when we talked about what Bernie really emphasized is, you know, kind of about where he was on that depth chart. He was pretty low on that depth chart, you know, and and this transfer portal we know is is really big right now. And we look at Joe Burrow, you know, he was in a situation where he transferred in and ended up being an incredible thing. We had Brian Calhoun who was going to be at the NHSSCA clinic and he'll be down there and he's working down there at a high school down in the Milwaukee area but he was in a situation where he transferred, but in Bernie's situation, he just kept kind of plugging. And I think that was just that, that mindset of him is he's kind of blue collar and he really kind of looked at himself as, am I doing everything I can to become the best version of myself? And I think that's a hard conversation that, you know, our assessment you have to make as an athlete. If you are thinking about transferring, have you done everything that you could do to try to make it where you're at? Or are you just thinking, hey, it's the grass is greener on the other side? And the one thing I really liked about him is, you know, he, he kind of looked at, I, I can work harder in the weight room. I, I, I can do more. I can be listening better in the team meetings. And he knew he wasn't given everything right away. And that's, I think, is very mature on his part to be able to kind of look in the mirror and say, yeah, it's easy to jump sh- Yep, Brian. But he sat there and no, I, you know what? I got to give my hundred percent. I got to really invest in this. I got to give everything. And then, you know what, if it don't work out, yes, then that might be a situation where maybe it's not the best fit for you, but I give him a lot of credit. He stuck through, he went up that depth chart and he knew he was, he was kind of sandbagging there earlier when he got on campus and he, it took him a little while to figure it out. Well, the other thing too, Dean, is when you listen to him talk, it's kind of funny. He's like, I was terrible. I was terrible. And yes. he knew, he, you know, and now, and now as an athlete, you don't always want to be like, I'm terrible. Okay. But a lot of times what you, what you get in high school kid, you know, this is for high school kids too, Dean, like they don't have a chance to transfer, you know, they just quit. Yep. And that's pretty prevalent in today's society, right? Well, I'm not playing. So I'm going to quit. You know what I mean? I'm not going to work hard. I, and I should be playing because the coach is screwed up, you know, trust me guys. Okay. Coaches do have favorites. We have the, you know, our favorites are the kids that work hard every day, show up every day, you know, show respect, um, give their all and, and work on improving. And that's what Bernie did. You know, he showed up every day, just like he said, every rep he took, he wanted to try and, you know, do it the best that he possibly could. Are you going, is every single rep you take is every shot you take is every single thing you do going to be the best you can No, but it's the intent It's the intent to do it at the best level you can. Now, Dean, like, and as a coach, you know, coaches, every practice, you should want to be the best you can be from a coaching standpoint. If you sandbag at practice, you cannot expect your players not to sandbag. Okay. Every day I walk in the weight room, I'm fired up. What can I do to be better today to give the kids more? I know you're the same way. 
Is it always going to be my best performance? Absolutely not. Are there going to be days I'm tired and no matter what, you know, whatever else I try and do, it's just, I'm not going to have the energy. That could be one of those days. Um, I may, I may be watching a kid and I may miss something somewhere else. Okay. But the intent is what's so important guys. And you have to give it time. Okay. You have to, and, and that was his message. You know, he knew he had to get faster. He had to get better in the weight room. He knew that his step progression was bad. I mean, you know, step placement, hand placement, that all needed to get better. And if you never just take a step back, either coaches or athletes and kind of look at yourself in the mirror and be like, what can I, what can I do to get better? And I love your message. Dean is like, have you done everything you can? You know, cause usually it's like, well, you know, they're not playing me. So I'm just going to transfer them. I'm going to quit. Well, that's not going to get you anywhere in life because at some point you're going to have to overcome that. Somebody's going to have a job you want. You're going to have to try and get it. Okay. Um, and so I think learning how to battle through that adversity when you're not the top guy teaches you so much more about life. Yeah. I mean, those are, I mean, unbelievable points, Brian. And I think it's a hard, hard thing for athletes to be put in those situations is when I ask athletes all the time is you think you can give a little bit more? The answer is always hundred percent. Yes. It's always hundred percent. Yes. And I think from coaches, we got to be the same situation that the athletes are. Can we give a little bit more? Absolutely. And I think if you're in a team sport and everybody gives a little bit more, your team, your chance of team success is obviously going to be a lot greater. So just being able to have that honest, open reflection of what you would do on a daily basis, I think can really help motivate you to give your best. Dean, who do you got in the Super Bowl? I'm going to go with Big Rob and the LA Rams. I got to. Rob was incredible on our podcast, and and I, I got to root for him. I really do. There's another Badger on that old line, and we're Wisconsinites, and obviously. I had did a little internship down there with the Wisconsin Badger football team. And you, you were with the Badgers for lots and lots of years. And we're always going to be Badgers. And I know there's two guys right there. And I know strength coach over there, you know, well, for the Cincinnati Bengals. And I, I know we're going to obviously be pulling for him and everybody else that's involved, but I'm going to have to go LA's the Super Bowl is in LA and the LA Rams are in there. And I know there's going to be a lot of star power and that halftime show is going to be unbelievable. I just cannot see the Rams losing this one. Yeah. I think I'm going to go with the Rams too, dog. I think I'm going to go with the Rams too. I think it's going to be a great game. I'm so excited. The Super Bowl is always such a, such a great, great event, great venue. So many stars. I got to go to one uh, when the Packers lost to the Broncos. Uh, that wasn't uh, a good ending, but oh, well. Um, so we're going to close her up here. Dean, any other thoughts? No, not at all, Brian. I think we hit a lot, a lot of great topics with these yep. two guests and just excited to um, have our next guest on. Yep, absolutely. So again, just to kind of go back again, parents, you know, don't be a helicopter parent. Okay. Let your kids compete. You know, don't yell from the stands, things like that. Let the coaches coach, you know, and then when your kids get in the car, you know, we talked about that with Joe, put your arm around them, tell them you love them, you know, and then kind of move forward. All right. Build your team around you, whether you're a coach or an athlete, build people around you that can help you. Okay, that's very important. You, the more resources you have, the more success you have the opportunity to have. Um, 
make sure you're learning from other people. Okay. Learning, you know, whether you're on a team, things like that. Um, again, Bernie talked about how that really helped him, how coach white was, you know, talking about the other players and that really made him a better fullback, you know, and the last thing is you got to grind it out. You know, you got to grind it out. Um, that person that you look at in the mirror. Okay. You can never lie to that person if you're giving all you can. Okay. And every day, just try and give a little bit more, a little bit more. Um, appreciate everybody that's listening. Um, podcast keeps growing. We're very excited about it. Uh, we're very excited about the clinic coming up here February 19th. Um, I'm excited to talk to that. I'm also excited to be speaking at the Wisconsin Football Coaches Convention, the biggest high school fo football coaches convention in the country. So again, we got some good things going on in Wisconsin, people. So hop on the podcast, listen in, and we will see you next time. Chop it!